So hey everybody, welcome to episode 222 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jaime Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And we also have Mark Rubin down in San Jose, California. Hello. All right, as they get ready for their Thanksgiving feasties. Um, so yeah, uh, last week we met, we did a bunch of call-outs to our patrons, and we have a new patron as of last week, so thank you, Bevan, for joining the, the people who are supporting us uh, through patreon.com. Thanks a lot. Um, all right, so you've got some... some follow-up items here for us to talk about so why don't you dig in yeah the first thing is a little, teeth bit, into it. Yeah, a little bit of clarification on the teeth cleaning i wasn't getting my teeth cleaned i was uh getting my dog's teeth cleaned at the vet so oh okay yeah, why it was so late at why, why why your dentist like is like late night dentist or something or no if anybody has recommendations for dentists who are you know willing to do procedures at like 6 or 7 p.m um hit me up on that hat to dead with hair because <laughs> otherwise it's usually pretty tough as dentists have at least in my neck of the woods, I have uh, very slim schedules. So, really? you know, mm. certain hours out of the day, not usually past like 3 p.m. and generally with Fridays off. So really? Of, wow. In terms yeah. of ROI and, and, and lifestyle for uh, getting a medical degree, it seems like dentistry is the way to go. Wow. I do know that. I, I, I do know of dentists, you know, husband and wife teams who maybe because they were starting a practice or whatever, did offer um, like a one night a week kind of thing up here in Ontario. But And I don't know that, that dentists necessarily, I think they pretty much work five days a week here i don't know i haven't you know i'm not a i don't you know i don't hang around dentists too much other than playing hockey with them in the past i'll be that all right um last week we talked about the folding phones and and Jaime, you had put, put in a link that we didn't cover so do you want to listen on that one yeah just some more flavor so for those of you wondering whether samsung was doing something crazy and causing further fragmentation in the android ecosystem uh don't worry uh, it turns out that google has added official or will add it was a little unclear to me at the time they will add official support for folding phone layout into Android itself. So apparently if you just follow really good practices for your views lifecycle, then you should be fine. All right. And I have a follow-up item here on Monday, unless you were living under a rock and maybe some of you are, um, Apple had cut orders on all three phones. And so the Wall Street Journal, or I, I'm not sure who it is, but somebody had, had basically called them out and, and um, the stock started to going going down either, even further than it had in the last couple of weeks. So um, again, still I keep seeing you know experts in the field and we're not experts. We're just here for entertainment purposes only, but I have heard experts in the field saying Apple is still a stock to hang on to for the long term. Um, but yeah, this news came out on Monday, and, and last week we were talking about last two weeks we were talking about Apple c- uh, cutting um, estimates on the iPhone 10R, and now that all three 10R, 10S, and 10S Max have been cut back, so that was a big story on Monday. And, and of course, you know the stock continued to go down. I don't know where it is today. Do you know, Mark? It was up a little bit today, so it's was up it? to like 178. Yeah. So it was it, when when this story came out, it was down to 186. So, mm-hmm. so it did go down yeah. a little bit further. But uh, yeah, it's been a mess. It's been a mess. Yeah, who knew? Who knew? But I mean, you know, the fact that it went up over 200 and then all the way up to almost 240, I think. Right? That was you know that was remarkable. I think was the peak. Two, two three, three. Yeah, that, yeah. So, but that was more remarkable. I mean, like you know, we even none of us expected that as well. So um, still, I think it's still a, still a pretty solid company. And and I think I did also hear too that that some of the trade issues with uh, China, the tariffs and that kind of stuff, you know, is not helping. Um, in fact, it's hurting Apple, even though for a while there, the government was saying that Apple would be exempt in some way. Uh, obviously, they're not. So, yep. I think the broader context here is that the um, 
stock market has lost pretty much all of its 2018 gains at this point as right. investors are spooked for many, many reasons. It doesn't surprise me that Apple would go down as the rest of the market has gone down. Um, it's hard for me to really know what to think about this story. Um, I do think it's probably the first story of this kind that's been actually true, or, or I predict will be true, um, versus all the other years before, like, oh no, Apple's cutting. You remember? We were just talking about this last year. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh no, Apple's cutting the iPhone 10. Oh no, it's it's too pricey. People aren't buying it. Oh, oops, turns out that was an utter false lie. Um, that's true, it's true. Yeah. yeah. This one seems like it actually could be true, if only because um, it seems like Apple's strategy is changing towards, you know, getting more per user rather than acquiring more users. And their well, their business model seems to have really focused on more premium devices, uh, selling, you know, more premium services on yeah. top of that. And that's kind of a big reason why they decided not to, uh, to no longer give unit sales because it would not be as relevant to their success going forward. Sure. And I mean, the other thing too, is that like, you know, I don't know about the States, but here in Canada, the, the lending, prime lending rates have gone up and, um, you know, the, the thing, you know, Bank of Canada sets the more the lending rate, which affects mortgages. Mortgages have gone up a, a whole percent or half a percent, you know, in the last year or so, you know, and, and I don't know, I'm not an expert in financing, but I do know that when interest rates go up, purchases go, the amount of purchases go down, right? So that could also be reflected in, in that too. I'm sure that, you know, the, all the shenanigans that are happening in the States are catching up with, with the consumer, you know, confidence as well, right? Which is, which allows them to feel free to buy things, right? Um, so that would affect high priced, high ticket items like iPhones and, you know, large, large screen TVs and stuff like that, you know, cars and things, you know, is that mm-hmm. not the case down there in the States? With yeah, the absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There, there's also an argument to be made that the strategy of the three phones this year was a bit of a mistake on Apple's part because they, the consensus is, has been that the, the 10s is not so much of an improvement over the 10 that it's worth upgrading early. I think, I think that's right. Yeah. And the 10 R replacing the eight, uh, is, is not really at the same price point. It's a higher price point than the eight was. Uh, so, so there really isn't that, you know, lower end. Well, the eight is still available though. Right. So there's that low end, right? Right. But if you already have an eight, you know, you're not going to buy. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, so, so there's not, there's not a lot of pressure to upgrade this year for a lot of people, I think. Uh, so it may be just that, well, maybe Apple would have been better off to have have instead of the 10R something a little bit lower priced and more like the 8 form factor maybe uh, or you know maybe it's a long term play and next year everything will be great because that's the regular cycle who knows it's hard to say well to me I mean to me it's more about again we talked about privacy and security and stuff like that in the past and that seems to be a focus for Apple um, if you think about it they their their cornerstone products I guess is the look what I'm looking for all are face ID products now right like the iPads now have Face ID, the you know even the MacBook Air now has Touch ID. You know, um, obviously Apple's going towards the biometric stuff. So by bringing out the 10R, they've brought out another lower. What you know, I'm doing air quotes. Lower costs or lower cost of entry device that has you know the the Face ID technology, right? So um, and, and you know, and, and I think with the with the T, what is it? Or the uh, A12 Bionic is that what it's called? Um, being able to do machine learning and or the machine machine learning support. And, and all that kind of stuff that that's where they're they're kind of taking in the market or they want the market to go you know we've all said before apple kind of goes where apple puts the puck in the corner and we go get it you know kind of thing um you know the whole sort of gretzky go where the puck is going kind of thing right um apple kind of knows seems seems to know in in advance of what we know where the puck is going or where the puck should go right yeah no uh, doubt no doubt but and they're all great fun 
ones, but but there is a little bit of a, a void in the in the lower price market that yeah maybe, yeah sure, keeping sure people from buying new phones sure yeah hmm. yeah it definitely seems to me that for app developers you probably won't expect your market to get much bigger um, mm-hmm. but there might be a shift because it is going up market for where Apple is focusing that maybe there might be a shift in the kind of customer that you end up having right um, right exactly kind of making me think about subscription pricing and if somebody dropped I don't know what was it what was the low price for 10R was it like 749 US somebody's dropping 749 you better use safe area insets <laughs> you know you better be notch compatible you better use biometrics right, exactly. uh, you can't sort of skate by with some of the things you could before so definitely in your interest to uh, watch those WWDC videos make sure you modernize your app and get them ready for whatever happens next year well another point about that and uh, I raised a couple of weeks ago was that you know these new devices uh, I don't know about the iPads but the new these three new devices all uh, are used at ARM 64e um, architecture so that's why Apple's pushing us I think by March sometime sometime there's a, there's a deadline to have updates and and new apps have to support um, what they're calling the iPhone 10r but it's because of the architecture I'm sure um, you know with, with uh, the iOS 12 SDK right um, that's something that that's got to be considered as well right because they want you just they want us to support their their new their new devices and architectures right and then the, also you, you need to have the safe idea or safe area in there for the the new iPads as well because they don't have you know bezels and home buttons right 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 yeah, right so we'll keep an eye on the stock I like I, I wouldn't uh, yeah I would I would just stay calm you know Apple's not dead yet <laughs> we're not we're not uh, we're not ready to call it again call it a day yet all right so Jaime the day has finally arrived with Verizon what do we got there soon to arrive technically but yeah uh, folks will remember that we talked about the dual sim capability for these brand new iphones we were just talking mm-hmm. about uh sadly verizon didn't properly support it for reasons that escaped me as to what the technical concerns were but uh in an internal memo that was leaked to nine to five mac verizon is telling its employees it's expecting to launch that dual sim support uh coming in early december so is the dual sim in every phone because i don't know i think i don't remember if we have i think bell is the only one supporting it here in, in Canada as well, right? Like, is it because um, we're still putting SIMs in our phones up here, right? Like physical micro SIMs or whatever they are, nano SIMs. Do you know? Do we know if the eSIM is in every market? Like, is it in every device that's going to every market? I think the only exception, and I really, it wasn't even that long ago we talked about this, and it's embarrassing for me. Um, when Apple announced the dual SIM support, I think China was the only one that had sort of a one off model that they have two physical SIMs and not the eSIM. Yeah, I think that's okay. true. Yeah. Yeah, I just clicked a link here on that same article that says there's 10 markets supporting it, 10 countries supporting it, sorry. Yeah, so depending uh, on what you're, how you ask the question, I mean, every iPhone has at least one physical SIM. Some have two and some have one physical and one eSIM. But the eSIM support completely depends upon the uh, mobile network providers supporting it as uh, as we discovered with Verizon. And right, so here I'm, I'm going to say other it. Canadian uh, providers. So I'm going to say it again, and this time I'm going to, I'm going to pronounce the first one correctly. It's Austria, <laughs> Canada. Croatia, the Czech Republic, Germany, Hungary, India, Spain, the UK, and US Sprint. Smaller carriers don't support it. Um, and then, so now we've added Verizon to this, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, because that was that was an article from September 13th, and this one is from November 21st. So two months later, two, month, two months and a bit later. So, okay, so it's uh, Verizon, T-Mobile, and AT&T were, were what Apple originally announced, but you said Verizon just finally got their act together, right? Yeah, there was something weird where if you had the second SIM activated, then your Verizon's um, original count stuff went down to 2G, which is obviously not an acceptable user experience. So 
they must have discovered something on a technical nature that they had to resolve in their network. Right, right. Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, on to the main stuff. Um, this just in, literally, today it was announced uh, on uh, The Verge, I believe, that, uh, or Apple News, actually, that, well, The Verge is Apple News, that Apple, Amazon is now selling Macs, iPads, Apple Watches, and Apple TVs. I, I was just telling the guys before the show that I'm looking to get an Apple TV 4K for my house and waiting for the Black Friday sales, which will be over by the time you hear this. But, um, you know, I have been looking at Amazon, too, and I, I did notice that Amazon doesn't sell Macs, at least in Canada, it doesn't sell Macs. I mean, because, of course, we have this border thing again with, uh, you, there's a different Amazon.com versus Amazon.ca and other countries, I'm sure, I'm sure UK and all that kind of stuff have their own Amazons as well. But, um, so now, I, this is selling through Apple, so I guess, I'm not sure if Amazon's become a direct dealer or they're selling products on behalf of Apple, but uh, the pricing wasn't that great when I looked at it this morning, but again, it may, this may not be available in Apple, in Canada, Amazon Canada, but have you guys looked at Amazon.com to see what um, where the Macs and stuff are available there? I'll do that right now. This is news to you guys. Yeah, well, Mark looks that up. I, I haven't. Uh, I did hear that this news was coming. It was in the article I'd seen presented as sort of like, hey, uh, all these resellers are going bye-bye and because yeah. Amazon has a, a very special deal with Apple to say, hey, if you're going to sell these Apple products, they're going to come directly from us. Right, right. Push everybody yeah. else, which in some respects is not a bad thing because it, uh, Amazon has struggled to deal with um, like people having, you know, quote unquote, oh, this is a new device. It's like, no, it's not. It's a refurbished device being sold as a new device and you're getting oh, scanned right, or right. Um, peripheral components like lightning cables. Hey, I, I thought this was being sold through being an Apple one, but nope, it turns out it's some knockoff. And I think from Apple's side, they were like, Amazon, you have to just remove it all if we're going to put us our stuff officially on your site. Like, we need to make sure that we control that part of the experience. Well, yeah, and Apple is very, very particular about uh, record keeping and stuff like that with, with, you know, and like, you know, I'm sure Amazon.com won't be able to sell me a Mac because I'm in Toronto and would break the, the rules for Apple selling across borders and stuff like that, right? So, so I'm seeing the, the full range of Macs here uh, as well as yeah. the iPhone 10, the iPad 2. It's kind of a weird one to be on there. Mm-hmm. Um, Apple Watch. Apple what Apple. does the Mac pricing look like, comparatively speaking? Well, let's see. You got the... Trying to find out. Let's see where it starts here. Okay. So they've got the 12-inch MacBook Rose Gold for 1249 The MacBook is 12-inch regular, 1169 The uh, 256-gig 12-inch MacBook is 859 So I'm not seeing any high-end ones here. That's interesting. I'm not seeing any high uh, MacBook Pros. Mm. There's a 13 Three inch MacBook Air Silver is nine oh nine. If we go back to that that uh, first rose gold one you mentioned, the twelve inch. I'm looking on the American site. It says twelve ninety nine for that guy. Starting at for two fifty six for the Apple. For, yeah, um, yeah twelve inch MacBook. Yep. I think you said twelve ninety nine for yeah, the first for rose price. gold. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Twelve forty nine. Twelve forty nine. Okay. Yeah. So it can't be the right yeah. price unless they're undercutting Apple, mm. which wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Apple TV four K for one ninety nine. Really? That's a good. Well, is that a good price? Let me check. I think that's a standard price. Yeah. New Mac Mini for seven ninety nine. Prime available, so we can get it by Friday, November twenty third. Right. As AirPods. of this recording, it is Wednesday the twenty first. AirPods for one fifty four. Yeah. How much was that Apple TV? One seven one seventy nine for the thirty two gig, sixty four gig. 
one ninety nine for the sixty four gig four K. Yeah, that's the same price as on, on Apple site. Yeah. You can so buy an iPad three for ninety nine bucks. Really? Yeah. iPad three. That's, that's with a thirty two pin connector. Yeah. Why would you do that? If you've only got ninety nine bucks and you want an I iPad, guess. that's the one to get. Yeah, I guess. Nothing wrong with it. A little bit slow day. by today's standards. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, it's interesting to see what'll happen with with Amazon. Um yeah, I mean because with Am- well, see with that, the thing about this is like, okay, so if I buy it from Apple, it's gonna come for free because it's gonna get free shipping and it's gonna come like relatively quickly so i don't see the advantage of buying from amazon in that case because you know unless you have amazon prime you know well if you have amazon amazon prime and the amazon prime credit card that gives you the five percent back oh does it yeah oh. yeah then that's probably a reasonably good deal hmm. mm-hmm. well we'll have to see what I'm, but like like uh, yeah this is this is a day when i'm glad i'm no longer a reseller because trying to compete with amazon would be suicide yeah you know yep. it's bad enough competing with apple apple stores all right so moving on. So it looks like my future king, um, Prince William, has launched into attacking um, the social tech, tech giants on, on their problems. I guess he's weighing in on um, the issues that uh, that we've been seeing with the Facebooks and the, you know the, all the disclosures and things that people are having trouble with. Uh, and it sort of follows up with an, with an article I'm going to talk about in a minute with Tim Cook. But uh, he's weighed in on on uh, how he sees uh, the social network, social networks, the Twitters, the Facebooks the Snapchats, YouTubes, Apple, and Google, Apple as well in there. Um, he's, I guess he's a little upset with people, so. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think everything he's saying is true, but what makes him an expert? <laughs> yeah. Why do we care what he says? <laughs> um, well, it's, I just think it's interesting that, that you know, somebody from the British monarchy is finally weighing in on this stuff, right? Um, it's been, a, I mean, a long time coming, if you think about it. Like, it should have, they should have said something a long time before this, right? Um, yeah, I think that, I think it's sort of the, the, the proliferation of cyberbullying, which has been around for a number of years now, and hate speech, and you know, obviously the fake news and all that kind of stuff is uh, is going to be a problem. You guys saw that that um, we talked about deep fake a couple couple of months ago, I guess. But uh, you guys saw the Obama announcement that was apparently put out a little while ago, and it was um, as if Obama was talking about things, but it was actually I think the the voice was done by one of the guys from P and Key and Peel. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You had yeah. heard that, Mark? No, I hadn't. Have heard of that one. Oh yeah, no, it was, it's a video that was came out like in the middle of last week, and it was you know one of these demonstrations of I, I don't know if it was meant to be a demonstration or just a comedy piece or whatever, but it, it looked like Obama, and it was like completely done with deep fake, and and the voicing was done by uh, by uh, um, the director guy from who who made the movies. What's his name? Um, Jordan Peele, I think his name. Jordan is. Peele, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he he did the voicing of Obama. It didn't to me. You could tell it wasn't Obama's voice, but it, it certainly did look a lot like his face. You know, so in this in this uh, apparent video, you know, except for the yeah. fact that he was sitting at the the White House Oval Office table with an American flag behind him, which we all know is not possible to do these days, right? From a set point of view, but that's interesting. Um, and there was, there was a CBC did a thing on that same thing where um, I, I know we've diverged away from the cyberbullying thing, but uh, they did a demonstration where you could basically put anybody's face on on live video these days, right? So scary stuff. Anyway, um, and then the second story that follows up on this 
one um, is that uh, Tim Cook has now called out and, and said that um, he thinks that the regulation is going to have to be have to come into play. I, I think he means government regulation. Uh, he says it is inevitable the, the way things are going. That uh, you know he's not a fan of it, but uh, he's a big believer in free market. He says, but it's just getting out of hand. And of course, I don't know what government is going to basically be able to win behind that. But there you go. <laughs> you guys had a chance to read this piece. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I don't know how quick it will come, but I do think we will have some rough equivalent of GDPR, the General Data Protection right. Regulations that the EU has passed. I think will pass in some shape or form in the United States. If I were to ballpark it, I would say in the next ten to twenty years, we'll have some you know American equivalent of that. Um, so I think I think Tim Cook's right on that. I do. I don't know. I, it, I can't really talk about this one without also talking about some of the privacy-related stuff that Apple has been getting getting dinged on, and I don't even know if it's fair or not. I've, my opinion has changed on it depending on my mood. So uh, we do know that Apple is doing, you know, very, very excellent job uh, in general about uh, dealing with privacy. Uh, Mm -hmm. The thing that people are most specifically picking on recently that I I haven't decided, you know, where I would fall. And I think I fall on one side of him being sort of ideologically pure and I fall on a different side of him being pragmatic. And that's the relationship with Google as the default search engine. For Apple? Yeah. Which if you say, all right, you know, Google's on the dirty side of in terms of, um, you know, not being as concerned about your privacy as Apple is. The argument goes that, well, isn't that sort of inconsistent? To be like, hey, we really care about your privacy, but here's this tiny little keyhole that somebody can go peep at you through. I think that's a fair point, but on the pragmatic side, I'm like, well, I kind of don't want my iPhone to suck when I search real stuff on the web, you know? <laughs> it, it, it's sort of a, a convenience aspect to have things sort of just work. Certainly, I could just fire up Safari and use DuckDuckGo. It's not as convenient as just typing it into Spotlight, which uses Google under the covers, unless you go in and change the settings. Oh, really? And, yeah. and, and so I don't know. And, and, and Apple like gets paid a boatload. They probably are literal boats that just sort of show up across the bay, you know, <laughs> delivering money to, to Apple. Um, I, don't, I don't know what to think about that one, but I, I do generally agree with, with Tim Cook's sort of stance that this privacy aspect is going to be inevitable. We will definitely have to deal with it as developers. Uh, we should really start thinking about it now. Yeah, right. Well, but but aren't other other things like telephone and newspaper and, telev- and radio and, and television Aren't they regulated in the United States in terms of what you can show at certain times of day and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, and and that's where it's sort of tricky because those scale really well in terms of how do you, you know you know what sort of regulation would you have and what sort of measures would you put in place to make sure that fake news doesn't come out as an example on um, CBS's nightly news. It, there's kind of only a handful of people that get involved in having to deal with that, and it impacts you know millions of people with something like Facebook and Google and Twitter, they're sort of stuck with like, well, we have hundreds of millions of people, or in the case of Facebook, we have billions of people. They're all, everybody is essentially a publisher in that sort of world. So how do you really deal with things like the cyberbullying that Prince William mentioned? I think mm-hmm. they could do doing better. I don't know that it's a solvable problem because you don't really have, uh, to use a really terrible sounding metaphor, you don't really have one throat to choke, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. all right, you, you, you throttle you know, Facebook and it dies. Okay, great. Somebody else fills the void. You haven't really solved the problem. Yeah, I don't know. And then there's the other side of it, too. I don't know if you guys... Have you guys heard about the the thing that happened here in a Toronto pri- 
cool last last week? No, I'm unaware. No. Okay, so well, there was a hazing, right, of a grade nine student by some. It's an all boys school here, and there was a hazing, and um, basically involved sexual assault by a bunch of boys on on a younger younger kid, and it was it was taped with phones, right, recorded, and it was published onto Instagram, and it went viral, and of course that's how the school found out about it, and I mean, so then the 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 thing that turned around was that any kid that had this rec this video on their phone was in p- possession of child pornography right so there was a whole sort of and again like kind of spirals out of control really quickly right and and how do you explain to a 13 year old kid that the the video you're showing your friends is actually pornographic you know um because like today it's there's so much access to to that kind of content you you know as parents we can't control what our kids do and don't see right um especially when you know because you and i both we all know like having grown up you know the, you know, even though I grew up when there was no internet, you still found out about stuff and you still saw stories and you still were you know, handed books and magazines and stuff like that when you were a kid, right? Um, but you hadn't heard, you guys hadn't heard about that yet. So, so basically, like six of the kids have been charged and it's, it's a, you know, real, the whole school's in an uproar. And, and yet, you know, it's, 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 I hate to say it, but it's, it's not something that just happened out of the blue. It's not like, you know, like a random shooting in a, in a McDonald's. This is something, this hazing practice has been going on for years. And I'm sure that this is not the only school that's happening. It just happened to be that how it was discovered was by somebody posting the original video up on on Instagram and then going viral, right? But with all these these school kids, right? I mean, it was so bad that like the the newspapers or the, the news channels won't even post it on their websites, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that's a really good example to use for like you know the CBS nightly news with Lester Holt is never ever going to show that video that you just talked right, about. Right, they might reference right. it, and, and actually now that you've described more about. It. I, I probably overheard some of that stuff. I assumed it was in the United States. I didn't even know it was in Canada because I wasn't listening that closely. I was probably doing dinner or something. Right. Um, yeah. So there is like the measure of control to make sure that like bad stuff doesn't get out. I don't really blame Instagram per se for this one because no, like no, their no. platform yeah, is no, being used. You're not but it's, blaming. It could have been Facebook but, or it could have been whatever. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Like, but it, it's hard to like, how would they address this? Those of you out there might be shaking fists and like, aha, well, we can use on device machine learning to make sure that, you know, a video of this type doesn't and get you know uploaded it's like well okay but then you have the other side of that that has happened with automated stuff uh, in particular facebook where their um automated censoring stuff removed people sharing um i forget what the title of this photo is but it's a iconic um horrible photo uh from the vietnam era where there's like the napalm being dropped and there's right. like the naked children running towards the camera oh yeah yeah another one you mean like, little, that's a historical girl, yeah? document yeah. right and it's something we should never forget because it's a terrible time in uh, in humanity, but if you're writing, you know, machine learning stuff to avoid, you know, naked bodies and naked children's bodies, you're probably going to end up blocking that one unintentionally. So it's not really a hey, we just throw some engineering at it sort of problem. And that's sort of where I'm, I'm a, like, I can appreciate what Prince William is trying to do. I just don't really have a great sense of how it can move forward in an effective way, in, in a global way, because that's sort of where we are now, a globally connected society. Yeah, I mean, like the the monarchy is sort of upper 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 management you know in, in terms of canadian governments you know um and even in your british government right they're 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 there they're the head of state but you know they're not really the the government per se you know they they're symbolic leadership right um you know like like you guys have your house of representatives and the senate and that kind of stuff we have our parliament com- our parliaments here you know and the uk has their own parliament as well right so um it's it's you know it's in if you equate it to like a corporate environment it's like it's like this the by the time it 
it gets to the very top of the the, the top of the food chain or the, the command chain, it's it's kind of you know watered down. So I'm sure that I'm sure the monarchy has known about this for a long time, or at least you know young. I mean, and, it, and maybe it's Prince William because he's he's a younger guy. I mean, he's you know in his 30s, I think, right? So he's uh, he's the voice of the future, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's coming back to the the whole sort of regulation thing. It's uh, the genie is out of the bottle. So it's like, how do you how do you how do you you know control it once it's already been released? You know, like you can't unsee things. You know what I mean? Like in that sense, um, come a long way. Anyway, not much we can add about that. Well, speaking of privacy um, and Apple, Apple has uh, apparently acquired an AI startup that has a privacy conscious approach. So they've acquired Silk Labs, which apparently focused on building on-device machine learning software, which right. seems like it's right up Apple's alley of they don't want to have your information and so they're approaching it from a let's do everything uh, locally on your device right. or devices instead of sort of the uh, Amazon, Microsoft, Google approach of doing things in the cloud. I don't have a lot to add here other than what the article has, but apparently it was uh, co-founded by a former Mozilla CTO. Mm-hmm. They launched one product apparently via Kickstarter. It didn't sort of go anywhere, but I guess the tech was pretty solid, even if their business plan wasn't. And so they've uh, reportedly been acquired by Apple. Well, it's probably an aqua hire. They just, they acquired them for the people as opposed to the products. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, hopefully they, they, uh, they use their, their powers for good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> great power comes great responsibilities. That's what Mr. Lee used to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm still, I, I, don't, I don't know if you guys remember, but I'm still concerned that um, um, AI is only as good as the data we feed it. If we feed it biased information, we can just amplify those biases, right? So, Oh, that's absolutely true, for sure. I have to be careful of that, right? So, Yeah, I, I think I would go one step forward and say categorically and definitively, we will feed it biased data, even unintentionally. And so it's a never-ending struggle to make sure that we can reduce and continue to improve how that bias mm-hmm. is uh, enacted and dealt with. Right, right. Cool. All right. So I guess we're at the pick part of the show, the grammar. So let's see what uh, what kind of picks Jaime has. What do you got for us, Jaime? Mine is the uh, set of conference talks from Swift Heroes 2018, which I believe was in Italy. I'd have to look it up. I'll do some real-time follow-up on that. I believe uh, some of these talks, just based on the titles and the people, are some that I've seen before, like um, Paul Hudson's uh, Separation Concerns, Refactoring view controllers live and Ellen Shapiro's series shortcuts were both very good that I've seen at other conferences, but there's some new ones on here that look pretty interesting to me, like, um, Daniel Levers, GraphQL for mobile developers. And where was the other one in the list? Um, advanced Swift optics by Elviro Roca, which despite the title, cause I kind of clicked through really quickly. I don't think it has anything to do with like image handling. It seemed to be some sort of thing called lenses that you can use to do nifty, cool programming tricks. So it sort of mm. tickled my fancy as like, oh, I don't know what an optic is. Let me go check this out. And unfortunately, I haven't, so I can't sort of speak to, to that particular talk. But there are 15 videos here for your enjoyment. Let's see. Where was Swift Heroes? In Italy? Where specifically? In Italia. Turin. Torino. Mm. That's your follow-up. Cool. Just looking at some of the some of the people speaking. Interesting stuff. Okay. Um, my pick's kind of, um, you know, we talk about um, having iOS on the Mac. Um, so, you know, because that's the, the, the marzipan sort of thing coming forward and uh, I was delighted to find uh, yesterday a tweet through on Twitter about running uh, the original Mac operating system on iOS and using this Mac B-Mini or Virtual Mini or a Virtual Mac, Mini Virtual Mac for iOS. So I took it for a spin today 
it's basically a GitHub project, which is uh, Xcode. I think it's a port of this this uh, virtual Mac uh, thing that's been going around for a little while. Um, you can download a, a Mac ROM uh, image and import it into this uh, thing. And, and here I can show, I don't know if you guys might remember the sound, but if you haven't ever heard it before, I'm just going to open up my iPad here, hold it up to the microphone and launch this little virtual, this app. And... You basically opened up a like a, a Mac me, or original 128 or Mac Plus a two finger swipe over here. I load in the floppy disk and I've got Welcome to Macintosh and I have System Startup disk and a trash can and file edit view special menus and all that kind of stuff. And um, you can load up disk images of of programs. Of course, I've got all my floppy disks turned into disk images years ago, so I have to go find out the CD where I put them on. But I can load up you know a Dark Castle or Beyond Dark Castle or all those tra- you know Mac Paint or Mac write and play around on my play around with Mac OS on my iPad. So not the Mac OS you're thinking of, but the Mac OS I'm thinking of. That's cool. The real question is, does it actually say trash or does it say bin? <laughs> well, this is before localization. I mean, well before local. Everything's in American, right? So <laughs> mind you, I think they did have uh, localized operating systems back then too. But um, you know, it says trash, and it's the it's the old. Uh, it's it's basically the black and white OS. You can there is there are a couple of uh, options for. Um, uh, Macs you can emulate. Let me just open it up again. You can you can emulate a, a Mac Plus, um, a 128K Mac, as I said before. Um, just going to do a two finger swipe here. It's really kind of cool using the mouse, using your finger as a mouse. Um, I have to say, um, yeah. Okay, it's got British, French, Spanish, a couple of Spanishes, and U.S. Whatever country that is, I'm not sure. Um, but you can run Mac 2 in here, which basically means you can run a color operating system as well. So um, I've currently got System 608 loaded up on it um, from a floppy, but because uh, I don't know if you remember back in those days you either if you didn't have a hard drive you used to boot off a floppy so you would have a you would create a um put a system system file on like a mac mac word or mac write um uh floppy disk and then you'd, you'd basically launch your app right onto that and then it, to save you'd have to flop switch out the floppy disk and that kind of stuff but you can create uh, create images and stuff like that and it uses the document directory on in in the ios app to, to be like your file system so you can store different disk images and stuff like that and create you know i could create a hard drive on here i suppose and load an os on it and i'll have to give that a shot but yeah i just i just load this up just you know a couple of hours before the, the show um like i said i saw this yesterday but yeah it's lots of fun playing around with the original mac os on on my ipad i think we were talking to jonathan about that last week right we were talking on spotcast he was talking about the fact that he's got some really old uh format stuff from his original macs because i think his first mac was a classic two or classic so he's got like you know claris work documents and stuff like that and you know there's no way to read them and and basically use use uh, dropbox or icloud or uh, air, air sharing, or what do you call it, AirDrop? AirDrop mm-hmm. to transfer files over to this this OS, which is kind of cool, right? So I had never considered this as a possibility for Jonathan's problem of like he <laughs> wants to he just, wants to look at his old work that he has done before. Yeah. Why doesn't he use that disk image and load it into his iPhone <laughs> or his iPad and yeah, scroll yeah, around? Totally, totally. Wow. Yeah, no, it's just this is cool. Like, I, like all those old games are fun. I mean, like I don't know if you if you ever if you ever I don't even ever even heard of Dark Castle. Have you heard of Dark Dark? Castle Mark? Of course. Used to play it yeah, on so the old, it, old Mac. It had an Easter egg. If, uh, do you remember what the Easter egg was on Christmas Day, Mark? I don't remember that. No. So the way the game worked is you went into this, this main, you went into this mansion and in the main hall, you went into different rooms and you had, you know, you tried to solve these puzzles and if you and if you fell, you would land in the dungeon. You'd have to escape out of the dungeon and used to throw rocks at these rats and bats and stuff like that. And it was a whole 2D world. But when you came into the main hall during on Christmas Day, there would be an 
elaborate black and white, you know, rendered Christmas tree there. So yeah, that was uh, lots of fun. So it was always fun to play Beyond Dark Castle and Dark Castle on Christmas Day. But I've got all those old helicopter games and all kinds of old Mac 68K stuff archived somewhere, you know, so this is fun. Does this mean that you now you have... Um HyperCard on iOS through this Hyper- mechanism? I technically could, yeah. I could load up HyperCard on here. You're right. Mm-hmm. In, fact, I still, in fact, I still have a, um, a sealed set of manuals, and, and, and I have all the floppy disks for all this stuff. You know, I even have I even have a, a bunch of uh, System 1 floppy disks that Carol found me on eBay once. Mm. So I've got the original, uh, you know, 400K floppies with the Apple logos on them and the whole bit. You know, so. I've still got a, a sealed box with Microsoft Word for the, <laughs> on yeah. floppy, and it was, it was like, it's like 50 floppy disks in a box. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would have been Word 6 probably or Word yeah, 4 maybe. Yeah, I think it was probably 6. Or 4 maybe. I think 4 yeah. was one was floppy with a lot of floppy. But I have I have an original box of um, uh, Mac Write and I think I have Mac Draw as well or sorry, Mac Paint. But I definitely have Mac Paint on, on floppy disk for sure. And I've got a, I have a working uh, uh, 512K Mac here as well. But this is this is much faster than a 512K Mac if you can imagine, right? <laughs> like I don't know if you heard how quickly it booted up there, but uh, yeah, it was like, you know, I just tapped the, the icon and it went bing in the, the original ones it would take you know a good two three minutes just reading off the floppy before you would get uh, past the post or a power on self test right which is what the bing is yep cool stuff actually I, w- I should try the uh, the Mac 2 version because that would have the uh, the chime instead of the bing right so that's what that's what I'll have fun with is, is working on Mac Mac OS on I'll freak people out on the on the streetcar by opening up my Mac and opening up opening up Mac OS on the actually it's not even Mac OS it's System 6 it wasn't even called back Mac OS back then and just you know play around with that on on the streetcar freak people out mm-hmm. I wonder if if uh, the paint program is easier to use than it would be with a mouse it's kind of a little oh, bit definitely, more natural definitely, yeah there's a video there's, de- there's a demo video on the on the site on the if you follow the link um, where he actually writes the word hello and then copies it makes a picked out of it and copies it and then pastes it into a, a Mac write document and say, you know saying welcome to Macintosh and then hello just like Steve Jobs did back in the original announcement lots of fun so you get, gotta dig out your old inside Macintosh books to start programming it right yeah Remember I actually that? have uh, I have the I have a volume with I think volume one to three in one big giant tome mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's quite thick it's in the I know exactly where it is in the garage too so mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to get my old uh, my old uh, Code Warrior disc out right mm, yep Code Warrior yeah. and I've got my, uh, my I've got my uh, learning C on the Mac by uh, Dave Mark um, from back in I think it might have been system six or seven so probably came with a floppy disk or a CD-ROM mm-hmm. I have to have to dig that out and start writing some uh, legacy legacy software but there you go yeah we're back in time I'll be the only you know Mac developer around <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so that's my pick so my pick is uh, I, I've talked a lot about uh, machine learning and lots of different machine learning courses out there I've got a new I found a new course that that people might be interested in this one uh, if you remember a, a long time ago, I talked about a course on Coursera, which is one of these online learning places by Andrew Ng, who's a professor at Stanford and, and an expert in, in machine learning. Uh, that was a, a general machine learning course, and there's a lot of different types of machine learning out there. Uh, neural networks are kind of the most trendy right now and most used right now, but there's support vector machines and just regular regression techniques and Bayesian techniques that are all you know just sort of general machine learning. But, but now, as I said, uh, neural networks are are the most predominant type of machine learning out there. Uh, and uh, in particular, things called uh, deep neural networks or deep learning are really 
really big right now. And these are neural networks with just a whole lot of layers, so huge numbers of, of free parameters. And they've recently become more used and more popular be- because computing has computer power has caught up to uh, the the, uh, the the needs to do these networks. So you know, there are now computers are fast enough to actually use these networks pretty regularly and reliably. Uh, and the amount of data out there is enough to actually train these networks. So so deep learning is a thing you'll hear a lot about these days. And and Andrew Ng, the same professor, has another actual series of courses. They call it a specialization on Coursera uh, called Deep Learning.ai. Hmm. And it consists of five shorter courses. So it's you know the old one was a was a full length course and you know many many weeks long. Uh, but this one it's broken up into five smaller ones that are all about they say three or four weeks. But you know I, I actually went through them a lot quicker than that each. Maybe be, maybe because I'm a little bit familiar with some of the topics already. But uh, and so it may you know maybe for a beginner it may take uh, the full amount of time. But but they're they're much shorter. Uh, and the, the courses are the first one is neural networks and deep learning, which is just a general introduction to what deep networks are, deep neural networks are, and how they work. Then course two is improving deep neural networks, hyperparameter turning, regularization, and optimization. Course three is structuring machine learning projects. And so those three are sort of just all about sort of general types of deep neural networks and, and how they work. And then the last two, one of them is called convolutional neural networks, which is, which is a specialized technique that's really, really powerful for computer vision and, and image learning. And my guess is, in fact, more than the guess is that that's what they use at, over at Apple for for all the you know the photo recognition and create ML and, and all that kind of stuff and Google Photos. These are all based on convolutional neural neural networks. These are techniques that have been really developed strongly just in the last you know five or ten years or so and have really become mainstream. Uh, and then the last one is sequence models. That's all about something called recurrent networks, which are sort of time based networks for for learning sequences, time based sequences of things. So they're really good for voice recognition or or uh, uh, natural language programming or uh, uh, sorry natural language uh, what is it natural language processing processing yeah thank you yeah which is which is uh, uh, you know how that they how they recognize uh, that's like how Google Translate works uh, how recognizing text and learning reading from text and learning from text and things like that so anything that has a time component so they're they're pretty good courses you know they're just like anything online you'll you'll get out of them what you put into them you can go through the courses and do all the exercises and watch all the videos and just kind of you know do the homeworks and get them all right and and not necessarily learn anything but if you put the time in and really try to understand everything that's going on there's a there's a lot of information in there and they're and they're pretty good courses so i so i recommend checking them out if you have an interest in this thing what's nice about it is is that they have it like i said broken up into the courses the, the five smaller courses and they've got the the one whole course on convolutional networks and the and the one on on uh, recurrent networks which are both kind of interesting and kind of go beyond what some of the other courses do so definitely check it out on coursera so how much what is coursera is it like free to do it and but if you pay if you want a certificate yeah so this this is kind of interesting they've they've changed their it used to be all free okay they went to uh to uh, a model where you had to uh pay per course Mm -hmm. uh, but you could audit the course and and originally i i think you could audit the course and still have access to all the materials but you wouldn't get the official certificate and then they change it again to well you can buy when you audit the course you can watch the videos but you don't have access to any of the quizzes or anything like that uh and and that's kind of where it is now you can watch the videos if you don't pay for it but but you can't get
get access to the homework or, or the videos or anything like that. But okay. they've moved now to a subscription model, which is kind of nice. Uh, mm. So instead of paying by the course, it used to be like 50 bucks per course, uh, but now it's $50 per month and you can do as much as you want to do in a month, which is, mm. which is pretty nice. So, so all of these five courses, you know, I paid the $50 once and I've finished them all at this point or I'm very close to finishing the last one right now. Uh, and I can do as many more as I want, you know, in the next few weeks of the, of the month. So it's $50 so a month? Is that $50 right? a month subscription. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yep. So it's kind of a, it's a pretty good deal. You know, if you, if you have the time and you want to put the effort in, you know, for 50 bucks, you get access to a lot of good stuff. Yeah. I think, uh, I think lynda.com was, was, I think that was $25. I used to pay that back in, back when I was working mm-hmm. for myself and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And I always made sure I went and learned something at least during once during a month, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, cool. So this is under the specialization. So that's what I've linked under here. Deep learning specialization. Deep learning specialization. Right. Yeah. Cause there are tons of deep learning courses. Actually, it's funny that, um, you mentioned that because I was, I was listening to a, a, a podcast this morning and they were giving a real quick, uh, definition of what, um, is this machine learning, right? No, it's deep learning, different thing, right? Well, no, they're not really. Well, so, so machine learning is like, you know, rather than programming a computer to do a task step by step, you train a computer to do a task was sort of the TLDR definition of what deep learning was for this, this broadcast I was listening to earlier. Well, machine learning is a very broad term. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty broad term that covers pretty much any, any time where you have some kind of a computer model and you give it a lot of data and it, and it essentially learns from the data. Right. Uh, and then you right. can apply that learning to make predictions about other things that are in that category, but not the same data that you started from. Very, very broad definition of what machine learning is. And there's a lot of different types of machine learning or AI. You know, it's 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 kind of so in some ways it's the same thing, but maybe the purists would have defined them differently. But they're you know similar things. Uh, there's many 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 different types uh, of one of which is using neural networks. And neural networks have been around for a long time, but it's only mm-hmm. in recent years that the computing power was was there to to really make them work well. Uh, and and because the computers have gotten so powerful, they've they've started to dominate the the space of, of machine learning. And there's a specific area of neural networks uh, that is called deep learning. And and those are use those use what are called deep neural networks, which again is not it's not really a different thing. It's just a it's just a different term to describe networks that have a lot of layers uh, that it, and they're called deep because they have a deep you know they're deep in layers. They're very wide in layers. Uh, and the the deeper you make the network, the more capable of learning they are. Of course, at more computational cost, but but uh, but they are you know they're capable of learning more. So deep learning is the new trendy hot, hotness in machine learning. Uh, although, but it is a type of machine learning. It's not it's not a separate thing from machine learning. Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. So it says here on the, the page I'm looking at, it starts November 21st. So is, it, so is this? You say you've already done the courses, but yeah, are yeah. the courses like yeah, I, dive I, right in. I or? noticed that myself. It's the, the since the courses are completely self-driven, it starts mm-hmm. whatever day you start. Oh, okay, okay. So if you wait till tomorrow, it'll start November 22nd. Right. And right. all the right. deadlines are are based on the day you start because it's not mm. it's not like there's a there's a strict you know timing where the class is only held once and you have to take it at that time. Right. They're all they're all uh, self self driven. Yeah, I was just looking at one of the one of the breakdowns here. There's quite a few videos mm-hmm. to go through, I guess. Yes. So it's not like you can sit down and do it all in one sort of sitting. Well, you can. I mean, they're they're 
they're short videos. Most yeah. of the videos are anywhere between five and 20 minutes long, hmm, okay. each one, each so, video. So it's sort of like um, Khan Academy in a sense. Yeah. And in fact, I mean, all of the, within a given, say, given week, most of the videos really are one continuous thing, but they're broken up to make it a little bit more digestible. Right. Usually right. I would just watch them straight through because at the top, once, once you start watching on a topic, you just watch the whole thing. Sure. sure. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, to check it out. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. And it says here you can, you can try it for 14 days and get your refund if you're not yep. satisfied or whatever. Uh, yeah. That's actually what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I ended up paying the 50 bucks at the end yeah. because I wasn't yeah. quite finished and I want to finish. Sure. But I, start, sure. but I started with that. So, did you, so you start by paying or you start with the 14 day trial? I think I only got a seven day trial. So, you know, I, mm. I, I, I probably could have finished all five courses in the 14 days because I was going pretty quickly through them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. most, most people probably want to take more time to do it. I, I wanted to get through them fast. So I did that. Yeah. So yeah. I only had a seven day trial and I got through, I think, the first three. No, mm-hmm. I probably didn't get that that many done. Maybe the first two in the first week. Mm-hmm. And then I paid the $50 to get the rest of them. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Well, I guess that's it for the week. And so, Jaime, if people want to get in touch with you on the interwebs, where would they look? I'm on Twitter as at DevTheHair. And Mark, if people want to get in touch with you? Mark R at Smapsoft.com. All right. And I am Tim Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine. And that's the best way to get a hold of me. So until next week, we'll talk you later. Bye. 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 If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjc underscore podcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash mtjc. You can find details on how to help us out on our website at mtjc.fm slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. midnight on Thursday to find out what they're going to offer, right? If anything. Yeah, they barely offer anything. It's almost not even worth it. Yeah. Well, I want to get a... One thing on my list is to get an Apple TV 4K. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, well, I just... Um, I finally got my alarm system updated, so it's now cellular instead of... Uh, or Wi-Fi, they call it, uh, instead of uh, wireless, I guess. Instead of using a phone, a landline. So I finally ca- canceled my landline. So, uh, which is... That was like basically $45 a month for something I never even used, right? Other than the fact that I needed it for the alarm system for and for internet, right? And then um, Bell said to me, you know, well, we w- what about TV? I'm like, well, I use Rogers for TV. They're so they're like, well, we have this this thing called Five Ox, which is streaming television, right? Not using a cable box, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I said, well, I, I, I'm not interested. I couldn't get my wife to to watch, you know, TV on her iPad if my life depended on it, right? And they're like, well, you know, if you bundled the Ox TV for a year with your internet, you know, 
I was, I was paying $120 a month for internet with, um, you know, unlimited or whatever. They would give me both services for like $80. So like, like save, you know, almost $40, get rid of the $40 phone bill, save $40 on the whole package and get to watch streaming television. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, but the app that, that, that runs the, it's like an app you download from the iOS store. Right. And so of course it runs on Apple TV. So if I get the, if I get, you know, another 4k Apple TV or get a 4k for my TV down here, and then I take this Apple developer TV thing and put it on Carol's TV, then maybe I can get her to cut the cable, right? <laughs> you know, there's lots of sports channels on it too, which is kind of interesting. You know, for uh, not that I watch sports, but I know you guys do, right? No. How many hockey mm-hmm. channels are there? Well, so Roger, well, Rogers bought the hockey, right? So from CBC, so you know, when when on Saturday night there's like four games on 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 the four channels. We have two two sports channels, the Sports Network and the Sports Network Two, and then there's CBC has used to be the Hockey Net in Canada channel, and then Rogers also owns um, City TV, which is Toronto's TV channel, right? So you can there basically are four markets playing at on at the same time on Saturday night. If you're so if you're into hockey, you just you pick and choose, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The main leaf leaf game would be on on you know, CBC, and then everybody else would cover whatever other games are on, right? So it's like we have too much TV, too much hockey now. Yeah. Did you get do you get NFL games up there? Yeah. 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 Well, we have all the major channels, and you can you can uh, subscribe to ESPN and ESPN two as well, right? So yeah. I wonder if you off. have the same weird blackout rules that we have here in the U.S. from for the. Well, we do. Oh, yeah, you probably do. do. Yeah. Like the the I think the Buffalo Bills are sort of our unofficial team. Yeah. That they'll come up here and play a game and you know, so I think they play a couple of games up here in Toronto. So yeah. That might make sense because they're close enough to you. Um Yeah, and I think there's a large enough fan base. I think I think I went and saw Bills game with my dad no, maybe I didn't. I don't think I saw Bills. I saw Sabres with my dad once, but not not uh, not football. Yeah. I think, so well, the the weird rule that we have down here, I mean there's all sorts of weird blackout rules, but the, the most weird one is that that there's there's only one way to get out of market games like in this in this day of on demand in this age of on demand yeah. you'd expect pretty much expect to be able to just with any cable package you have or or non cable package you have you should be able to just watch whatever game you want even if you have to pay for it right but right right but if you have I mean, pay per view you should be able to but you actually can't unless you have direct tv there's there's only one way to get those out of market games and that's through nfl Prime ticket on Directv, and that's because they have an exclusive contract with the NFL, and it's, right, it's right. pretty ridiculous. There's, there's, it, it's a complete monopoly. It's, it's ridiculously overpriced, ridiculously expensive, and you have to have, you know, the, the satellite service to get it, which is, which is nuts. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a cash grab, I guess, right? Yeah. So, so, yeah. so what, so what games like would it be games that you could technically go to physically that you would, or you're talking about out of market like games that aren't in your yeah, local like area. so I, I'm a Patriots fan, so I would like right. to watch every Patriots game you know that I that I can uh and uh those are so I'm in since I'm in the Bay Area the local games are the 49er game and the Raider game so right so the Patriots are considered an out-of-market game and even when the the network game so there's always there's always a couple of games that are the official you know CBS or Fox official game that they're showing on the network uh if those are going up against a local game the local channels are not allowed to show that game they have 
have to show the local game unless the local game is sold out. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah because of the weird rules. So, so even if the official game that everyone else in the whole country or world gets to see on CBS, if that's the Patriots game, if the Raiders are playing at the same time and they're not sold out, and uh, or they're they're it's an away game, uh, then the the local stations have to show that game, and I can't watch my game. It's crazy. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. On the other hand, the Toronto Maple Leafs is always sold out, which is really funny. But yeah, no, I I don't know how I don't know if we have any weird rule like that, but um, because I mean, there's some like now that now that there's all these you know cable channels for us, like you know there's 900 channels or whatever. There's always a way to watch a game, right? So yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you can for, pay for the packages, for baseball, right? Let's say uh, through Comcast, I can watch any game that's that's on on pay per view if I choose to, right? At any right. time, including but, the uh, including out of market, including out of market. Yeah, it's everything's available on pay per view. Everything, uh, probably basketball and hockey too, but I, I haven't really checked. Uh, but yeah, but football, they have this crazy exclusive deal, and and it's just not available except through, like I said, except through Directv. So would that would that be the, NA, the NFL doing that, or maybe they've got some deal with Directv yeah. or it's whatever? The NFL, right? yeah, they they have a they have a deal with Directv that gives Directv the exclusive right to show out of market games, right. except right. except so, for games that are the official uh, the official uh, you know network games, as long as they don't conflict with the local game. Like for example, if it's a if it's a Monday night football game or a Sunday night game, those are the special games when there's only one game or a Thursday night game. Then you know chances are the local team isn't isn't playing in that game. Uh, and if it if they were, it doesn't actually matter because it's there's only one game, right? So that game is always available, even if it's not a market game. Yeah. But, well, but on Sundays yeah. when there's multiple games on at the same time, then it becomes an issue. Yeah, I don't know. Sports is a whole other thing. I mean, we get dumb TV rules. Jonathan was going on off on on Spotcast last week about the flash because we finally got the flash on netflix in toronto in toronto or in ontario but but it's two days late so but you know of course he so he was saying you know i have to stay off the internet to otherwise things get spoiled right but mm. like we have these weird i i, I don't get the, the i don't know if it's the crtc which is our canadian you know regulators or whatever or if it has to do with advertising i'm, I'm sure it has something to do with advertising and who's paying the bill for the tv show or what or the broadcast or whatever right so because we've always had goofy rules about how things are shown here, right? Um, like, you know, I, I, I can't watch, if, if somebody tweets something about um, Saturday Night Live, I can't watch 90% of the clips because they'll be blocked out or the viewers not made it available in my region or whatever's the Oh, we the get that YouTube. too. Yeah, but, but yeah, but there are, I mean, if, but if you dig around a bit, you can find it because there is a Saturday Night Live YouTube channel you can subscribe to and, and suddenly you can see all the stuff that you couldn't see that, uh, that your friend posted, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, it's just, like, I think Jonathan's Correct me if I'm wrong here, Jaime, but Jonathan's point was like this is like 2018, and like you you can't stop people from accessing content, right? Like like the the you know board, national borders are are no are not real anymore, you know. Like you and I are talking to each other right now, we're not even in the same bloody time zone, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's three thousand miles away, right? And it certainly seems silly when you have um, Commonwealth and former Commonwealth countries that are they all speak the same language, so you don't even really have to translate it which yeah, gets me yeah. to the oh yeah i wonder if the province of quebec causes issues of like well i guess we have, have to have a french translation before we can even show it in canada that well, would make it uh, a little bit less straightforward but like there's no reason it couldn't show in new zealand south africa and australia and yeah, the uk yeah. at the same time as the united states yeah yeah well we can't sell you can't sell products here like like i, I don't know about tv 
should, like I don't know if that's really a rule with there's a, there's a language well I guess it's, there has to be the language has to be available or something with Bill 331 or whatever it says or, or you don't yell at your phones people but um, like we have a rule here that if you want to sell a product in Canada it has to have a French uh, French labeling on it right so a lot of I think a lot maybe that's where that extra 50 bucks that goes to, uh, towards Apple stuff is probably for the for the extra hassle of, of making the, the packaging bilingual right like they put a label they put a sticker over top of the box like it's the same box you guys get but they put it they put a sticker over it to, to make to have the bilingual text there right so and same you know like any any product that's sold here that unless it's imported even an imported stuff ends up getting a, a sticker slapped on it right so physical goods i mean right so yeah i don't know i don't know i don't get it, it makes my brain hurt i think the one uh, last thing i wanted to say about wacky um regional rules for sports at least here in the united states yeah i i might have the teams wrong here so i apologize if i do but let's just pretend i have the teams correct so apparently there are a lot of atlanta braves baseball fans in hawaii because for reasons that are unclear to me (laughs) as hawaii is not even close to any team the stations there decided to get the rights to atlanta braves baseball and that's what they show there not even vaguely close but that is watching baseball in in hawaii it's going to be the atlanta braves where's where's it where does atlanta practice or something maybe in georgia which is (laughs) in georgia which is nowhere close to hawaii that's for sure well it's like dunedin florida is where the blue jays practice right so there's a whole bunch of and there's a whole bunch of snowbirds we call them snowbirds or people like retired people who go down for the winter yeah for spring training well yeah and they they, no, they live down there and then yeah but then around dunedin and they go watch the spring training games right and stuff like that yeah exactly that's actually a good question now i don't know where they train because the seattle mariners go down to peoria arizona definitely outside the state of washington for for spring training yeah because you have winter like we do right over there not quite like you do but we do have winter you're further north than me what are you talking about you probably have have igloos up there in washington no that's that's up in alaska (laughs) we are in this nice little geographic boundary with mountains to the east oh yeah you're in that rainforesty place like like uh, vancouver right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah yes i I forget the the term uh first nations person once told me in vancouver he was doing some wiring for us for a network and he explained to me the reason why vancouver is the way it is is because it actually was a rainforest that got cleared away right Mm. so yeah that's why that was his theory but i mean you know i mean maybe that's the lore or whatever but it makes sense going back to the braves thing i wonder if it's because for a while there uh the tv station tbs which was a network it's turner broadcasting service so it was a network formed by ted turner who was based in atlanta uh and it was one of the early cable stations that was available everywhere so it was a local originally a local atlanta station that kind of became nationwide because it was on cable in the early days oh they okay. used to yeah. show all the braves games was so, he the owner of the braves at some point he, he was yeah he was and maybe still is yeah uh so i wonder if if that's where it came from because they could get that channel so the only baseball they could get was braves or something like that purely a guess uh-huh. very well could be that's actually a pretty good point yeah <laughs> Uh, weirdness. But All okay, right. baseball trivia question: What three cities have the Braves played in as the as their home base? As the as the Braves as the team, though, as the Braves. Mm-hmm. Huh. Obviously, Atlanta is one of them. Yeah, well, that's that's okay. There's two left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no idea. idea. Uh, Athens isn't that far away from Atlanta. No, it's got to be something weird, like like far away, like like another market. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, like we've had the Hartford Whalers became something New Jersey Devils, I think. Yeah, and then uh, I may be wrong about that. You know, and the Colorado Rockies used to be the Quebec Nordique, that kind of thing, right? And the Calgary Flames were Atlanta Flames at one point, I think, right? So, That's a pretty dark name for a team. 
What's that? Atlanta <laughs> the Atlanta Flames? Why is that? Because it seems like a reference to Sherman burning down Atlanta during the Civil War. Oh. It, it may, in fact, be. It may, in fact, be. Mm. Right? It may, in fact, be. The Whalers, the Hartford Whalers, weren't weren't like guitar players. They were <laughs> large mammal hunters, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the, Bra- the Braves started out as the Boston Braves. Oh, really? Yeah. Until the 1950s. Oh, really? Yeah. So they you, were- guys, you guys had the Red Sox, too, right? We still have the Red Sox. Yep. Okay. So and, back in the yeah. early days, yeah, there were two ba- two Boston teams were the Braves and the Red Sox. Mm. Braves were the National League team, Red Sox were the American League team. Okay, right. And then they moved to Milwaukee for a bunch of Milwaukee Braves. The Milwaukee Braves. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then eventually they moved to Atlanta. Does Milwaukee have a Milwaukee doesn't have a team now? Yeah. The Milwaukee Brewers. Another trivia question. Oh right. So who were who were they originally before they became the Milwaukee Brewers? I mean I don't know. This one's for you. I have no no idea. Let's see. El Paso Brewers. No, no. But you're sort of on the right track. Really? Texas Did they come out of like Dallas horns. or something? No, no. Well, maybe, maybe not much of the right track. So it's it's a it's a city where Jaime has lived. <laughs> oh, Seattle. They were the Seattle, Seattle pilots. Oh, yeah. uh, that's where the pilots went. I didn't. Yeah, they, I knew they were Seattle pilots here. I didn't know where they went to. Yep. yep. Ooh, interesting. More than just code, folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Brooklyn Dodgers. <laughs> the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah, those that's the LA Dodgers now, right? Mm-hmm. They are. They are. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. And you know where London Bridge is? Uh, you know, you've heard of London Bridge just falling down that, that yeah. story isn't it yeah, in london nope no nope where is it oh, i forgot now yeah uh, arizona oh is that the one that they took down and moved yeah yeah pretty sure it's arizona you could do some real-time follow-up on that yeah it's 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 uh london the the, the song london bridge is falling down is about um i think it's about the black plague you know bring around the rosy pocket full of posies the posies were to get rid of the smell mm-hmm. of all the dead people and and hasha hasha we all fall down is like we're all getting sick and dying so, hmm. now you know now you know where children's children's uh, things come from. Yeah. Uh, let's look one in Bridge. Okay, I mean, speaking of Texas baseball trivia, the Texas Rangers, who were they before they were the Texas Rangers? I thought it might have had something related to Kansas City, but I might be thinking of the wrong relationship because there's something weird like that for the Dallas Texans or something became... That was actually the Cowboys, I think. Uh, yeah, they moved out to become the Chiefs and then the Cowboys yeah. Yeah. came, yeah. But the Texas Rangers were originally the Washington Senators. Huh. Hmm. That's the name of the basketball that, team that weird. the... Um, hmm. And uh, the Houston Astros were originally the Houston Colt 45s back in the day. Okay, so right. real-time follow-up. London Bridge is in Lake Havasau City, Arizona. Havasau, yeah. Okay. Big spring break place for uh, Arizonians. Mm-hmm. Well, Tim, did I kind of in line semi with your, uh, you know, going international and stuff? Did I tell you about my my idea that we? We have a rare opportunity here with Brexit to recombine things so the UK can rejoin with the United States of America. And as long as we're coming, you know, I think Canada can jump on mm-hmm. on the van too, get on the bus, join us all. With some, I haven't come up with a good name. I think United Kingdom of America is the place that I could come up with. <laughs> with we have UK a king, We have a king? We we Trump. we could we could still maintain the monarchy you know we 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 might make it so that like the Kardashians might be involved in that somehow. Call it Trump Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, if we got part of the Commonwealth, it'd be kind of silly to not have New Zealand, mm-hmm. South Africa, and, and Australia rejoin. That's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would we do in Mexico though? They weren't part of the original empire, so oh, okay. I don't know. They were Spanish. We, they were we, Spanish. We could, we could decide. Yeah, yeah. Give them back to Spain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was chatting about this with some. <laughs> 
just happened to get a, a local conference. I was chatting with uh, somebody from England and somebody from Canada and mm-hmm. uh, said, like, hey, here, here's my, my crazy Galaxy brain idea. So you combine these countries and then other countries can do the same, right? So as you brought up, like maybe Mexico rejoined Spain and other bits. Mm-hmm. And then you keep recombining those countries until you only have like five countries in the world, mega countries. And then, and then here's the crazy part. Then you combine those five into one country and mm-hmm. now your mind is blown. And then if this is a visual yeah. medium, you would have, you would have the... Uh, mind explosion gift sort of thing happening right now oh i see yeah mm-hmm. well it could, could could happen so you said trump trump pardoned a turkey the other day to yesterday it's a it's a yeah. very weird and i don't know how far back it goes it's a very weird tradition for american presidents around thanksgiving to pardon yeah. a turkey mm-hmm. and then what happens to the turkey that's a good question i mean they still probably eat them <laughs> yeah <laughs> they just live them out in the wild <laughs> like you're yeah. free yeah. yeah they probably don't don't tell anybody that <laughs> they give them a, a mussolini engraved card that says better to live one year as a lion than a hundred years as a sheep to send him out into the wilds. <laughs> Who said that? Mussolini? Uh, apparently. Really? Could be wrong on that. that. That came up as a as a thing here in the U.S. It, it's it's a constant thing. As I mentioned before, it's like, you guys in Canada are going to be real toasty from our dumpster fire here, <laughs> warming mm-hmm. up your buttocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So we have, to, we have to work a new term into our uh, podcast. Have you guys seen the videos about the guy who cuts a boat in half and tapes it back together and this miracle tape? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and they, they use the same stuff. They punch a hole in a, in a bucket. Yeah. Yeah with water and they just cover it up with that tape well they cover it up with the spray or something like that right they just keep spraying it till it's like it got a whole new plastic bottom mm-hmm. but his, he, he always says that's a lot of damage right so i have to work that into our podcast somewhere because i was watching one the other day where the the nephews were showing me that he pokes a hole in the bottom of the bucket and then he takes a chainsaw and cuts a couple of holes and he starts spraying the spray inside the inside the the bucket but he keeps spraying it until it eventually fills in the hole fills in the gap right so he must have some kind of webbing in it or something like that but where he cut, cuts the boat in half and then goes out on the lake and sails around with you know, this little power boat with this magic tape that, you know, seals inside water and stuff like that. Craziness. That's the stuff that makes kids excited these days. Apparently it works reasonably well. Um, <laughs> there's a YouTube channel called Crazy Russian Hacker yeah. who tests out crazy things like that. And he yeah. he had some of that, but it was like really old. It was like 10 years old or something by that point. And yeah. even then he tested it out. He's like, oh, it's actually not that bad. Like he had this huge... Um, I can't remember what it was. It must have been like a 10-gallon um, orange bucket from Horn Depot, and he cut a hole, and he was like, oh, okay, so depending on where the hole is, here's how much like pressure this thing can hold. And so if the hole is kind of closer to the top, it like has no problem. But if you put the hole closer to the bottom where the all the weight from the water, then it started leaking out. And he's like, well, it could be because you know, the stickiness here is maybe is as sticky as it normally would be with fresh ones. And he's like, oh, I wonder if you can use it to, you know, is it strong enough to lift up this like 40 pound weight or something? And, and he does. And it, it, I don't know that it's um, as great as they make it sound in the, you know, the made for TV video, but it sounds like it's not a total scam. Sounds good. Mm. It does work in some limited capacity. Right. Well, there you go. Uh, anyway, I gotta, I gotta get going. I gotta go to training in the morning for eight thirty, something crazy like that. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow's a day off for us. That's nice. Oh yeah, you guys are yeah. put your feet up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, look, hypercard. I can put a hypercard on my. Uh... We should have Thanksgiving every week because the traffic has been amazing this past this week. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like it used to be. You know, I I leave my house, I get on the freeway, I drive right. at seventy miles an hour, I get to the office, and right. you know, it's it's like it's a free. Way. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought you would end up with trouble going at least one direction because of people all scrambling to travel.
travel elsewhere. Mm. That's pretty. That's pretty good. We here in in Seattle, we're having big trouble with people trying to. As I mentioned before, a lot of people don't. They weren't from here, so they're all you know driving to wherever it is they're driving and trying to get to the airport to get to yeah family. Well, my commute isn't along the the routes out of the Bay Area, kind of in between. Uh, so you know, so if you're if you're leaving if you're leaving San Jose, you're not going up the peninsula, which is where my commute is. And if you're leaving San Francisco, which is at the top of the peninsula, you're not going down the peninsula. You're probably going east in both cases to get out of the area. Cool. Sounds like you do so, definitely benefit from just oh, people for, being out of the area, sure. period. A- absolutely. Yeah. I mean, mm. it's, it's, I haven't seen it like this since probably since last, <laughs> last holidays, you know, last Christmas time hasn't been this light. Great. But mm. it'll be over next time I have to commute again on Monday. It'll probably be even worse. Oh, well. All right, Tim, we'll let you go for your training. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Learn how to set up your own personal email. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know this is, this is related to people management, but uh, I've actually just found uh, copies of ma- of um, apps I'm going to try and play with and figure out where to put them. All right, boys. All right. Talk to you later. Have a good night. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 Bye.